Baker. Net casting from Melbourne and Bendigo. Australia. This is 4Bits. With Steve Baker. Ben Simon Kirby. Net casting from Melbourne and Bendigo. So I was thinking about 4Bits and I was thinking about you and I reasonably into technology uh, and we've doing this podcast for a long time. And I think with the exception of one thing, which was really more about augmented reality, we've yep. never talked about games. Video games. Video games. Well, that's um, because we're... we're too old to have enough spare time to play games well okay and so this is this is i just wanted to i just wanted to say hey we haven't and what games did you play when you were young that you were really really into and yep. i was gonna and the second part of the question was going to be uh, do you play any games now and if so what are they and if not why okay well games all right well let's see the first love of my life game was in a uh, pinball parlor mm-hmm and it was a Vectrex game. Mm, okay. So Vectrex was like a vector-based... Um, basically, it was like a screen, like an oscilloscope screen. Obviously, Simon is referring to Rastu Graphics. Space Wars was a first arcade game to utilize black and white vector graphics, which enabled it to display sharp, crisp images. Space Wars had graphics which were far more detailed than the Rastu displays of the time. So the graphics were all really precision fine lines and that's all you could do one color against uh background but they were really sharp and it was a wireframe sort of game that was a rip off star wars and sort of the and so it kind of looked quite similar to the graphics that they actually had in in the star wars and uh i just thought it was excellent you know i had a tank version of it as well okay. which was really fun and of course I have on my iPad the now I have the Vectrex games um, sort of app okay and do you do you ever play it uh, I played it maybe once or twice yeah 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 so that was that was the first one and possibly the one I've been playing the longest now <laughs> is is Grand Theft Auto Vice City okay I, I think I might have been playing it for 10 years because um, it started off as a um, a PS2 game, mm-hmm. which I played it, which I played on there, and then it's graduated now to a it's on the Mac and on my iPad. Okay, so and so I, I don't know anything about Grand Theft Auto really. Yeah. So are you saying that you're playing the same version of Grand Theft Auto from back then? Yeah, I'm still yes. trying to still trying to complete it. Okay. And because I've actually changed platforms, I've had to. You have to start again. I see. There's, there's no way to to save your game and then get it over to the Mac. Or no way, but I've really seriously looked into it. But I'm sure some really hardcore geeks did it. Mm. But then they would have finished the game if they were really that hardcore about it. So um, <laughs> yeah. So that's great. So Grand Theft Auto. The um, the let's see, the two games I probably have enjoyed the most. Well, the one I enjoyed the most and one was the biggest disappointment was there was a very similar game that came out called um, The Getaway. Okay. Which was set in London, in Giza territory. And they basically recreated, um, I don't know, like 16, 20 blocks of London. Mm-hmm. A to Z perfect in terms of even the way the traffic flows went. Let's go. 
go. Quick before the situation gets out of control. Try and get us there in one point. We need to be there 10 minutes ago. Capiche? MP, MP, fortify the shortage boxing club. And I, in fact, before I travelled to London for the first time, I've been playing this game, so when I arrived, I actually had a pretty passable idea of where things were. So, so um, Except you that, stopped, it stopped every couple of blocks to kill a hooker and then yeah, keep on going. No, you couldn't kill hookers, but you often had the filth on your tail. <laughs> <laughs> and if you knew the right keys, you could unlock Stephen Fry mode. Anyway, no. So, um, and uh, that, that, I just thought that was just unbelievable, the bee's knees. And then they brought up the sequel, which is the Getaway Black Monday. And the first one, I think, maybe took me, I don't know, let's say six weeks to complete. I think the second one took me about you know, two days. It was just, I don't, I don't know what had happened, but it just seemed like an absolute doddle. And I just went, oh. So that was great, great disappointment. Hmm. Um, so really, that's it other than sort of the, you know, I've got a few of the old classic, you know, your, your Pac-Man, etc. on my iPad. They've recreated, they've got those versions. I've had a few puzzle games, but I don't really, yeah, I don't, I have too much time to do, I mean, too much time taken up by doing things like, you know, these podcasts and, uh, and the Instagram feed and, uh, and the YouTube channel and, uh, and work and life to really be able to spend the time. And I think the, the way you get the most out of games is to actually sit down and, yeah, and be able to, you know, do it for four or five hours or something. And, and yeah. who, who can find that? You might be able to find that time, but can you find that time uninterrupted? I don't think so. No. So, did you have a console at home when you were young? Like a game no. console, I think? No. No, we... we, uh, we No. No, I mean, P- PlayStation 2 was my first console. How about um, uh, handheld uh, games? Handheld games. Like the little Nintendo-y handheld single game in a... Nope. Okay. Okay. So, now, well, you tell me. Well, uh, so, so, for me... Um, so, we had an Atari system... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, back in the early 80s. Uh, and I had a number of games that I was super into back then um, to the point where Activision, which was one of the uh, people yep. who made games for the Atari, they used to send out a newsletter uh, with the top scores around the world. And I was very proud of the fact that on a couple of occasions I had higher scores than the people <laughs> that they said had the higher scores. Oh, uh, I thought you were going to say you you were on the newsletter. I was going like, I did, I, no, I never, I never, I never thought to even send my stuff in. The secret life of Stephen Baker. <laughs> um, so, so in particular, I, I, the two games that I remember just absolutely being totally into was Frogger. Yep. Um, and Star Master. Mm-hmm. And Star Master was this eight-bit kind of game where basically it started off when you first launched it. It did the theme from 2001. Yeah. Uh, and nice understatement there. <laughs> and you were and you were you were basically in in a bit of a star field kind of thing. Uh, and when you pushed the red button on on your console, you went through this sort of warp drive thing. We had to dodge asteroids that were coming at you so so it was like you were looking through the front windshield of a star fighter and then these things came at you and you had to laser shoot them yep. um and i used to sit down in front of the television and have that 
and I I just loved it. Played it for hours and hours and hours, and it was in that whole uh, not that long after Star Wars was released. So you kind of could imagine yourself, uh, mm. you know, being out in the universe in your X-wing fighter doing that kind of stuff. Yes. In fact, I had a uh, a vinyl record of the score to Star Wars. Um, and I used to, when I started playing the game, put my headphones on and put the record playing <laughs> in the background <laughs> from for motivation, so that I would I'd play this thing. You were uh, a hipster well before your time, weren't you? <laughs> I you was. Final and, and eight bit games. Uh, <laughs> I clearly you born was. Hip- you were a born hipster. <laughs> so yeah, so I played those. Um, the two others that I thought of, there was one called Superman, where Superman had to race to, uh, so you'd sort of he was sort of flying along horizontally across the screen and he had to fly through buildings and scoop down and pick up damsels in distress and whatnot. Mm. And another similar one, which is called Barnstormer, which was where you were a, a biplane and you had to fly through barns uh, mm. at, at, at differing levels, which was really into when I was a kid. Um, and then the other big one was the Donkey Kong handheld game, which yep. I never owned, but all of my friends at school owned. Uh, and it was like a huge fad in year seven, eight, nine kind of thing to have to be playing Donkey Kong. And <coughs> excuse me, I, I used to pay twenty cents or something to my friends to let them let me play. <laughs> and we used to just sit down in the in the yard for hours playing uh, Donkey Kong. And there's there's now a an emulator uh, on the Mac. Um, and uh, and I, I play that sometimes. Uh, and and just love still love that game, hmm. um, but as far as now, um, yeah, I, I mean I've got a few games on my iPad, iPhone, real racing. I quite like car racing games. I've got, mm-hmm. but to be honest, I get so frustrated with real racing because it's um, an EA game now, and basically there's all this sort of you have to buy you know your car gets a flat tire and now it's like well do you want to wait for an hour and a half before we fix your car or do you want to buy it for five dollars you can unlock the you know the maintenance mode and blah blah mm. blah there's all this kind of um freemium kind of stuff that goes along with it now mm. and there's also uh, you know, basically you have to be playing it every day essentially in order to get through the bonuses and get collect all of the tokens that you need to keep on going and uh as my daughter would say, ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> um, girlfriend. Girlfriend. So, yeah, so I, I just don't have the time to put into that. So, um, I find that really frustrating. I wish that I could just pay 15 bucks and just get everything and then just play it when I when I want to play it. Mm. But unfortunately, they don't let you do that. Um, and then Crossy Road, which is modern day Frogger. Um, <laughs> I don't need to have ever played that, but it's on. It's basically a chicken trying to cross a road with cars. Yeah. Uh, Why? But why? Indeed, indeed. <laughs> um, and and that, that's the only other one that I kind of play. I, you know, every once in a while I'll play. But I'm same, not really into games. And I guess it is just that, that I don't find myself. Like when I find myself with only a few minutes, you know, when I'm waiting for an appointment or something where I could be playing it, I tend to be doing things like just reading RSS feeds or, or stuff like that. I don't make time in my day for gaming. But yep. it's interesting, isn't it? Because like a lot of... Like I look at a lot of tech podcasts and things and most people are like who do those kinds of things are still really, really into gaming um, and often have, you know, sister gaming podcasts and things they do. But I just think, how do these people who are like our age do that? 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't think it, I, don't, I think there's a lie going on. I just don't, I just don't think it's possible. Or we don't, look, they're obviously they're missing a major part of their life if they can devote the amount of time you need to play games. Yeah, that's all, yeah, that's all I'm saying. Like, so I don't know. Do they, do they have part time jobs? Do they very, very, very rich or something? I don't know. Don't know either. But yeah, when I, whenever I see like yeah, forty plus year old people who are still really into gaming and sweating on the latest Xbox or whatever and, yep. and playing for hours. I just think, what the... I don't know how these people... <laughs> yeah, I mean, unless I was like an... Unless I was Tony Stark. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and or Elon Musk or something. I didn't have to work ever again in my life. Just, that's an interesting idea. What games would Tony Stark play? <laughs> He'd probably play, you know, Farmville or something. something, something. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Probably, flat um, birds. Yeah, because you know we the the thing that because uh, games have been somewhat probably on the periphery of our interests, in or or our sources of um, uh, information due to GamerGate happening. Hmm. And um, I've been having a bit of a discussion with a guy at work again who seems to have time to play games, and uh, 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 the, and that kind of amazes me. And um, he actually tweeted me. Yet, a couple of days ago, a quote that he he said, and it was, it was really good because this is all I want to say about game It was really nice because the quote was um, "Angry white boys that don't understand they're playing the game of life on easy." Nice, good quote. Isn't that good? Yeah, yeah, that uh, is good. And that's from Travis Walton, who you can follow at uh, on Twitter as at Travis Walton. Nice one, Travis. Good one, Trav. Mm. Cool. So that was so, that. So I just thought that was it was high time that we at least brought up the game, the, yeah. the topic of gaming. Well, of course, that's the thing. that have been the big change, really, in the last. Um, you know, your Angry Birds, your Crystal Meth. I mean, sorry, whatever you call it, that Crystal stupid game. Um, they're they're sort of they're they're like um. Well, you know, with uh, now with um, online gambling, you know, people can just with the push of a button on their phone start you know place a bet without leaving their desk or something and so it's gonna you know it's it's made it kind of like discreet <laughs> don't have to you have to lock yourself away or sort of even walk out the building to phone to phone your bookie you can just you could be in the middle of a meeting and placing a bet yes and i wonder actually whether a lot of the, the a lot of those games they do have a uh a, a gambling kind of There's overtones to them yeah because I mean, even quite uh, like so. Uh, the the one that I was talking about, um, Crossy Road, which is Frogger but with a chook. Yep. Um, at the end of every game or most games, they'll say, "Hey, you've won a free prize. Do you want to collect your free prize?" And literally, when you push yes, it takes you through to a slot machine that you press, and it it spins mm. around, and then it shits out a a, a new character for you. Mm. Um, which for a game, which is, you know, my daughter's play, which, you know, it's, it's not, it's a G rated kind of game. I actually wonder whether there might be money in flowing into some of these companies from, uh, online gambling places. Cause it really mm. is indoctrinating. I, I would not be at all surprised if in five years time, there's a huge furor about, uh, cutting that shit out of, of games on, on mm. iPhones. I think it's already there, but it's not necessarily in a. There's not monetary value attached to it yet, but they certainly seem to be. 
applying the same uh, hypnotic approaches that uh, pokies do to um, to sort of numb the person into is to zone them out yeah but a I mean sort of a, a Pavlovian I, button pressing reaction but and I there guess must be sorry I was just going to say there must be those expansion packs and blah blah blahs that you know you spend spend five bucks to have it to add it on etc in those games hmm. I guess for me the analogy that I would make though is that this is this seems to me to be even when they're free even when it, it doesn't actually cost you money to do if they if they make it look like a slot machine type thing and what's more it's one that you always win it's a bit like 20 years ago you could go down to the corner store and buy a packet of fags the cigarette <laughs> chocolate cigarettes or face plant over here yeah yeah yeah. I think, yeah. I think that's a particularly local name in yes, Australia yes. <laughs> I get so so fags of course is probably an abbreviation of faggot and faggot was a stick that you used to light fires. Hence, cigarettes uh, could be lit. And hence, the boys at Eton, who acted as the younger boys who acted as servants for the older boys at Eton, fagged for the older boys. And, you know, Eton boys will be Eton boys. And um, hence, the term faggot took on another meaning as well. Thank you. Um, but there were the, these these packet lollies called fags, and then there were also um, chocolate cigarettes that you could buy, which actually had not didn't necessarily say Marlboro on the front or anything, but it had it, it had the packets were designed just like a soft packet of cigarettes. Yeah. Myself, I like the Musk cigars. Oh yeah, yeah, Musk cigars, which you can still buy. I think they're called Big Bosses or something now. With, with a little gold band, yes. So uh, so now they've cut a lot of that crap out. Mm. Um, so it's a similar kind of thing. It's like it, it, it seemed to me like it kind of conditions you to kind of thinking, yeah, that's kind of a cool thing to, to have. So did you ever smoke? Yeah, uh, off and on a little bit when I was in my 20s, but just because that's what 20-somethings that got no idea what to do, do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know that you used to smoke, Simon. Yeah, I, I did. I did. I was a pack-of-the-day guy. Uh, but that's a... Boy, I haven't done that for... Hmm. Least what probably about at least probably about fifteen years now I haven't smoked, mm. and I'm damn glad I'm not. So the uh, Apple rumor du jour. Oh yes, is the Apple car now? Vroom, so, vroom. <laughs> so, th- so this has been kind of now floating around for the last two or three weeks. There's been lots of stories coming out. Um, there's been a big dirty black SUV tripping around Cupertino apparently with a gadget on top which people which say they say it was leased to apple and it's got full of things that are all about self-driving cars and then there's mysterious meetings with uh, tesla and there's been lots of stories about apple engineers going to tesla and tesla engineers coming to apple and all this sort of stuff and Hmm. anyway it's it's now firming up as this big rumor that that apple are building a car and i guess the one thing I, i would say uh is that with the Notable exception of an Apple TV, which has been long rumoured but never eventuated. Typically, when people, like I remember when the iPhone was the, there was a big rumour about, you know, Apple's making a phone and, you know, in a year's time, a year later it actually was making a phone and there was a, they're making a tablet and a year later they were making a tablet. I don't, and I I think... Sorry, they're making a TV and five years later... 
They're still they make, not making a TV. They make it, <laughs> but I guess the caveat I would put on that is that they there are consistent reports of them meeting with networks and things. I think the problem yes. is that that's just such a sticky problem that that mm. I think that if Apple could get the content deals that they wanted, they would have done it years ago. But the, I think the the problem is that they just can't. That, 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 I mean, trying to deal with fucking television corporations, good fucking luck. And, and, you know, I think even a couple of weeks ago, I read a, a story about how now they're kind of trying to circumvent the television cable networks and going straight to the mm. content creators and blah, 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 blah. But so so I you kind of go, well, I I'm not, wouldn't be surprised if Apple were like that in their labs. They've got some great Apple TV type devices. It's just they can't get the content deals to really make them sing. Um, so so that so the question is. Do you think it's a yay or a nay? And if so, do you think it's something that's interesting or not? Okay, if it's if it's a yay, then I'll be build then they'll be building them obviously in their giant robot factories. The ones that they don't have. That's right. <laughs> so they're they're bringing their manufacturing back to the US, but it's all going to be robot driven has been their plan now for the last year or two and they've already started to build their giant robot factories. They need to build gi- they're going to need to build a giant robot factory to build giant robot factories. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I think once they have that in place, they would be in, in a position to manufacture a cars. Mm-hmm. And they have enough capitalization, they have enough wealth to do that. But, um, and... Actually, cars are probably quite simple, really. <laughs> I know people blabber on about it, and, and Top Gear makes us think that there's some kind of divine act involved. But when you think about it, beyond it, they're not they're not that complicated. So, uh, I guess the complication is, is is how much software you have on board nowadays, rather than just the the basic mechanics. So uh, it would be pretty fairly easy to buy in the expertise to handle all the mechanics. They've got the They've got the Sir Johnny to do the aesthetics of it all. Um, phoning up the RACV guy. What do you mean I can't replace the battery? Ah, uh, that one was yeah. just sitting there waiting yeah. to be waiting to be yeah. plucked. What um, do you mean there's no USB input? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. um, why why is there a U2 album playing on the stereo in the car? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah um so even if it's a yay the obviously have to get their manufacturing sh- shit together mm-hmm. um on the scale that they they don't have would they would they outsource that manufacturing of the of a device of the car body and frame etc i mean my father was an automotive engineer um at ford's so I guess I know a little bit, absorbed a little bit about it. And um, for example, uh, the reason why it, 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 it in Geelong failed, uh, they, they ran out of, out of favour with the Australian public is because they couldn't actually change, to change the, sh- that basically all the cars that they built used the same chassis. And it's just sort of a medium-sized car. Mm. So, so that, that, chassis had been the basis and maybe had been there for like 20 25 years to to change that to a smaller car chassis 
to build on all your cars. Marin's completely retooling the factory, mm. you know, which is kind of out of a question. Or is a big is a big investment that you've got to have like a twenty five year plan to be using that for. That's why it never happened, mm. and that's why they couldn't react and build cars here locally that were attractive to the public. Mm. Um, and so, um, so hence, hence they're now closing those factories down. So um, I guess there's that kind of on that level. There's a lot of um, when you when you build a car, you're not just building and you're building a factory. You're not just building this year's model. You're also putting in place the basis of uh, on you know a factory that will need to need to reuse things like the chassis and all those those basic levels for you know some time. Mm. Whether or not that's a factor at all, you know that's that's kind of maybe not. You know, that's probably an older view of manufacturing. Hmm. Um, maybe they can be more agile, as the phrase goes. Uh, but I think there's all, all those underlying stuff which people, um, you know, and if you think of particularly of Apple, they've got, they always have, as I've always said, their products are just one stop on their on their highway, and their technologies are whatever. Whenever they stop make that stop on that highway they they sort of load into whatever it is where it's the um the watch or the or the ipad or the computer you get the latest you get sort of like the, the, the state of the art where their technology is at at that point get put into that model uh, whatever it is and then they keep driving down that highway and it's another certain point they'll stop and they'll release another product hmm. now Forgive the fact that's an actually a, a driving metaphor. So, so with the cars, they have to have that kind of vision as well. So you don't just start it and do one. And if that doesn't work, go, ah, oh, <laughs> that car didn't work. We uh, decided that we're not going to sell cars anymore. Hmm. And everybody thinks they kind of understand cars and they know cars. Most people think they understand and know cars more than they probably do. Hmm. But everyone's got much. It's one of those things that's like such a big target. So you really have to, you really have, maybe it's going to be like, maybe if it's a Tesla and it's a really expensive car, that kind of will rule out being everyone like, you know, getting annoyed and angry with them because it isn't, the something's gone wrong with their car or, mm. you know, maybe, maybe it's by being in a, an expensive niche, which is granted has been an ongoing Apple strategy to mm. that. Yeah, they're not going to do the Volkswagen of cars, right? So, so. So maybe they are going to do the the Porsche of cars. That sounds ridiculous. The Porsche of Apple cars. Hmm. I mean, that if they're pitching, pitching themselves as a luxury goods manufacturer, and that's certainly what the Apple Watch is going to be from for maybe about at least fifty percent of what Apple Watch is is a luxury product. Hmm. And their phones, their phones uh, are going to go completely against the trend of the commoditization of uh, of uh, mobile phones. So you know. Hundred dollar, hundred fifty dollar um, Androids versus uh, you know still eight hundred dollar Apple phones. Yeah. So so yeah, maybe their car will be a luxury, a luxury item. I think for me that's the thing that I'm kind of interested in. If if you speculate, okay, let's just say for the for the purposes of what we're talking about that Apple is making a car. <clears throat> it seems to me that there are, you know quote-unquote car enthusiasts who and, and it's a very then it's an in it's a very individual fashion uh appendage kind of thing to have a car that's that's a ferrari or a lamborghini or a porsche or or something 
but it's that's a niche that's only a few people can afford to do that Mm. um and then there's the cars for everybody else where they're 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 just boxes with wheels yeah um but 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 for people like me that's all you can afford so you have a box with wheels it's just kind of it's kind of a curious it'd be like a backward path you know how i you know how you've got like you know you've got your luxury car makers this car is a ferrari then you go this cap is a ferrari cap you know you've got that too <laughs> i once someone seriously once told me that they said that holden make more money off their merchandise than they do off their cars wouldn't surprise me so you but you know how that's sort of that back that whole backwards rep you know other revenue streams of cars is is the merchandise it's it, mm. it's, it's the caps and t-shirts etc from the and and bath towels and and underwear for people who can never actually afford the cars mm. well that would be apple going in the reverse wouldn't it because they had start off with creating kind of like the merch which is their phones and their watches and what whatever whatever people would call the gimmicks that are there to promote the car brand and they'd be mm. going they'd be going the opposite direction yeah so this is this is what I would kind of be would be interested in because you could go okay one way they could go is the self-driving car that that's that's that like along the the path that Google mm. appears to be taking. And <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Two words. Apple Maps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So but but you know like you, you could do that where it's like okay the idea is it's going to be like the VW of cars that's a self-driving car it's basically all about the technology and the the smartness of the car that makes it an Apple product but that's not really an Apple-y kind of thing to do hmm. um, but I would say, I would say that even though I take your point that Apple is with the Apple Watch in particular, Apple is is moving towards this sort of high concept, fashiony kind of brand type mm. thing. But even though they're doing that, they're still saying that you can get the same thing, but just in a cheap in cheaper plastics for three hundred bucks. So so they're not saying now you can only only the only people who can afford an Apple Watch are people who are stupendously rich. Mm. They're saying if you're stupendously rich, we've got a watch for you. But but if you're not, then you, you, we've also got a watch for you. And the the fact is that they'll probably do exact pretty much the, the same thing. So, all right. So do you think then? I reckon Apple's more likely to be a Lamborghini than a BMW or a Volkswagen. Where do you see them? Where do you think they would sit on that spectrum? And and uh, this is this is what has got me intrigued. If it, if if it if I, I just don't know how they could actually straddle that. I don't know how they could get up on stage and go, "It's the Apple car. It's the most amazing car, and it's three hundred thousand dollars." It doesn't Does it- seem like an Apple-y kind of thing to do, but it would have to be if they wanted to do to release the Apple Ferrari or the Apple Porsche. Hmm. So do you, it think, seem- do, do you think though they would see it? I mean. In a way, it adds to that whole positioning of them as being a luxury brand, an exclusive luxury brand, and everyone would go, "Oh, well, yeah, I can't afford that." But those who could, you know, would be. And can you imagine the, yeah, you know, the status crazy Chinese wanting to drive their three hundred thousand dollar Apple uh, Apple car, you know, which is uh, like a Lambo or something? Look at me! Look at me! 
you know, that, I mean, those companies do make a living selling those cars. So, sure. so, so why couldn't Apple not make a not make the, the product for the people as if they ever have, but make a product that is just actually for exclusively for rich people? Yeah, and I I just don't see them doing it. Hmm. Uh, I, I so if I had to take a guess, I would suggest that they would probably have they would do an Apple Watch. They would basically say, "Here's, let's just say for here's three choices of cars that we're making. Here's the Apple car, and then there's the 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 Apple, <laughs> yeah, this Apple the Apple trolley, and then <laughs> and the but like. But let's just say like so there's there's like three versions of 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 car there's yeah. like a, and, and what's my, all three of them have the same base technologies and do the same base things but there's the optioned up ones there's like the apple sport which is like the sports car one which is one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and it's got all of the apple technology stuff in it but it also looks like a ferrari and goes like stink uh, or there's just the Apple family car, which you get for $50,000, which has got all of the same technologies built into it so that they're trying at least to get everybody. Mm-hmm. Well, the high, the high end of everybody, like yeah. the middle, the middle class. Yeah. So, so, you're, so since I reckon sort of you, you imagine, see, I don't see any manufacturers that are actually, look, I, I'm not a car person, <laughs> you know, I watch Top Gear and that's about as car as I get. Um, but um, I don't see a- any manufacturers that are really... Um, the only ones I really see are maybe BMW and Mercedes-Benz who have that kind of spread where they have a kind of a basic models that are sort of affordable and then they and then you rapidly uh, hit 100k uh, per, per minute hmm. uh, out of your bank account. When you want anything better, and they do have bigger and better stuff, they're the only ones. I agree. That's what I think. I think Apple would be uh, Mercedes Benz. Mm. You'll be able to get a forty to fifty thousand dollar Mercedes Benz like you can now, um, which everybody ish can kind of sort of afford, um, and then they go up from there. Steve, I just had a vision. A a road at night, and you see a. A nice illuminated white Apple logo come flying towards you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the other thing that's interesting, I think, is and when it crashes <laughs> on the front of the on the front of the screen, you have the old bomb comes up. <laughs> Uh, do you think it would be an electric vehicle? All electric vehicle. Yeah. Why yeah, not? I think it, I think it would too. I don't uh, think I don't see any way they would ever do anything with an internal combustion engine. But obviously they're going to need to get some expertise on battery life. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. You have to yeah, they just plug it in at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> and then every few years they change the cables and uh, <laughs> you have to go and buy a new one. Yeah. And <laughs> and <laughs> And yeah, and if, and if your battery gets low, you have to. So you could probably plug your uh, iWatch in there, and it could help charge it up for that mm. for that last kilometer to get you to the uh, to get you the next charging point. So you have the Apple Car, and then if you get the convertible model, model, it's the Apple Car Air. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> well, the Apple Car Pro is the sports version. <laughs> So anyway, so there you go. So I, so I think that if Apple are working on a car, it's definitely all electric, and I think they would make they would 
position themselves to be a luxury brand, plant, a luxury brand, but in the <laughs> but in the mould of BMW and Mercedes, not in the mould of Ferrari. I don't see them making a three hundred thousand dollars supercar, Apple car, that everyone goes, "Oh my god, it's amazing! It's the thing I always wanted, but I can't afford it because no, only there's only five percent of the population that can afford it." They're gonna, they're gonna, if they do it at all, they're gonna have a. You can buy the normal sedan type model with for fifty thousand dollars ish. Uh, and you can buy, but you can option that all the way up to the limousine type thing that mm-hmm. that is that's that's two hundred thousand dollars, and it's made of super materials, and it's got you know chamfered edges and <laughs> all of the things that Apple do. Um, so you you reckon the cheap cheap one will become in Bondi blue, and yes. uh, and it'd be transpa- transparent. Yeah, it'd be like a smart car, <laughs> which was yeah. Mercedes, which was Mercedes. Yes, and and look, people. Oh, it people is Mercedes. Pr- yeah, people poo-poo smart cars because they kind of look silly because we're all, but it's all about the macho, the machismo of a car. But they make perfect sense. They just, but they don't make the pulse race. They don't, you know, it takes a certain sort of person to want to have but a I smart guess, car. But I guess this comes back to what I was saying before in that the 80% or 90% or whatever it is, 80%, let's just say, of the car market is folks like, I don't know about you, but folks like me who can't afford a luxury car, who just have to settle for a basic car that gets them around town and brings the shopping home and runs the kids to and from school. Mm. Um, and a smart car-ish kind of thing with a little bit more room would be fine for that. And so I can see Apple doing that. Um, uh, yeah, I can, see s- Apple, I can see Apple doing that. But Steve, oh. car ownership, it's so 1999. Well, yes, that's true. You could... You know, Uber doesn't want us to own cars anymore. <laughs> the share car schemes don't want us to own cars anymore. It's not good for the planet, mate. We don't really need to own a car. What we need to be able to do is access a new smart system that can help us get from A to B. That can, you know, meet our needs, but not necessarily destroy the planet just to do it. Hmm. <laughs> So look, that's look. This is the irony, you know. We're t- we're all well talking, getting excited about this, but you know, really, the upward trend now is is these car sharing schemes and led the, leading the charge by the the Uber idiots of Uber. Mm. Uber assholes. Mm. Uber 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 assholes. No, so yeah, I I mean yeah, Uber. I mean, I think there was a story yesterday. Was it in Australia? They're basically trying to bargain with governments there's some sort of thing preventing them from taking off here and they're basically saying we'll share user information with you if oh, you yeah they've tried to do that in other in other um areas in the states yeah yeah they really are pricks aren't they mm. they're like first grade pricks <laughs> uh, um yeah they're, they're carnivorous yeah and it's just what they get what's what's left in their their path i think um I, I don't know, but I, you know, obviously, you know, it's got that. I oh, will. Everything gets delivered, and it's, it's isn't it easy? Just push the button, press the button, the taxi arrives, kind of deal. Mm. Um, I think the um, the probably the biggest misstep they did was with, with the uh, in the Sydney incident, where suddenly they went into surge pricing mm. while the shootings were going on, mm. to, and um, classy move. Yeah. But you know that's that's no different to those automotive trading, like you know on stock exchanges when you know 
prices hit a certain something happens at a certain point then yeah, you know, everyone gets all those microtransactions flick in, and that just means mm. that really, if we if we're entering in that world, look, look, here's the thing though: I don't, I don't use taxis much. No, <laughs> I really don't. I, I don't use them at all. Yeah, I can't. You know, I mean, mate, um, you know, they're probably in the last in the last year, I've I've used about ten taxis, um, and it didn't really even occur to me I'd want to use a. Uber. So, you know, it's a certain sort of, whether or not it's a person who, who has a distaste for public transport anyway, or, 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 or you know, he's a fully privatised driver and lives in a, what they feel is an inaccessible spot, so they, they can't afford the time, so they have to drive. Yeah. Um, it, it, it sometimes just seems to be a bit of an argument that just, just, just passes me by. I, I don't have any great love of taxis. Um, I don't have any great love of Uber either. Mm. Um, and... Um, and it, it's almost like a first world problem, like like a CBD problem kind of thing. Hmm. Um, but, I mean, but but the thing is, um, and, and 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 this is where Uber's also trying to crowd out public transport. Hmm. So but, so that affects a lot more people. Um, yeah. So if if it if if it has an impact on the policy regarding public transport, and, and then obviously then it's a and I think that's what it's because I, I would imagine in its playbook it's well, uh, public transport shouldn't exist. Uber should exist. Yes. So will carpool? I think they're already talking about carpooling features that they're adding into their uh, suite of services. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I don't know. If I find all this really actually really quite fascinating. I, I've just got back from Singapore, uh, and Singapore famously, uh, you know, to to. Um, in order to drive in Singapore to register a car, it's like a hundred thousand US dollars or something just to buy the registration for a car. Mm. Um, and uh, and, you, and, and a, you don't even get a custom plate. No. Uh, and as a consequence, um, the public transport system in Singapore is uh, um, like incredible, mm. and but, the taxi but, service in Singapore is incredible and cheap. Um, but it, but it is an island state. It's not. It's but it's an island place. state. Yeah, I, I agree. Scaling that to Australia is is a is a whole different kettle of fish. But mm. um, but it does make you think. I like the the here's the problem I would potentially have with if, if Apple are getting into the car game, they're going to want. But you know, they're they're a personal computer company. They're a personal device company. They're going to want to make it personal personal transportation options, and it does fuck over public transport and if if you really are concerned about the planet you would kind of go well public transport is the answer to better better organized cities mm-hmm. um but uber and if it was google's uh, autonomous vehicles or apple or, or or any of these other companies they kind of fuck with that pretty bad look they, i think they do but and stop me if i've said this before on, on an earlier podcast, but I've had a couple of conversations with a few people about this, and it's all about well. So what we view as being public transport is like sort of uh, well, you know, in Melbourne it's trains, um, in uh, and trams, uh, and buses. Mm-hmm. Buses are actually more more efficient than either of the two, and so I'm was talking about well, what if suddenly you're, what if you've got that same organizing um, self-organizing and sort of smart allocation of resources that supposedly you get with uber 
you know, because it's, it's just down to very, they only have to accommodate you. Um, and that's applied to public transport. So, so what if you had sort of a smaller, smaller minivans, for example, that could respond to say, I need, you know, people, enough people at a tram stop, press the button on their device and, and you know, they get told, okay, in three minutes time, a bus will be there to pick you up. Hmm. And one of those minivans. And so the whole, the whole allocation and response thing gets made smarter and can actually adapt more to where people actually want to go rather than having to have fixed routes even because, hmm. um, because you have to have a fixed route. So there's potential there for the technology to actually, that sort of technology to be turned on to a public transport system. But that has to, we normally we just see it as being something that's um, yeah, a strap-on and it just it just tells you when tells you when the 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 public transport is due and what time and hmm. it doesn't tell you much more. <clears throat> but there's no reason why you couldn't actually add in that sort of that a responsive system where it actually helps determine the load and sort of the booking, so to speak, for hmm. your because it just it just in the same way we have you now have uh, those zip car or you know those share car spots that are turning up in the inner city. Well, why couldn't you have you know, nominal, nominal public transport stops? Yeah, you know, one in every street almost. Hmm. Apple Mass Transit. See, I, I, so personally speaking, I guess this is where I see there's this, there's this, there will be this major disconnect in that I, in all, I agree that I think that a, the best solution for transportation going forward would be mass transit that is. Uh, autonomous and that you can just get to a stop and and check your apple watch or your phone or android device or whatever it is and it, it shows up a minute later and picks you up um that would seem to solve a lot of the problems within a city crowding and and all of the problems that come along with that and for m- the majority of the population if that could work reliably and well it would be bliss but i don't see any technology companies uh, doing that because it's against their ethos of sort of individuality and individual freedoms. They don't. They're not going to want to work with governments to 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 develop and and roll out the, those kind of systems. They're going to want to sell you an individual device, or an individual car, an individual thing that you use. It's yours. Um, well, because I get- look, I've, there might. Certain kind of company, yes, but I mean those who might want big fat public service, um, um, public transport contracts, might quite happily do that. I mean, you know, that's what there's the potential, and that Uber could turn around and once it's actually trashed everybody, this <laughs> left standing says yes, we'll happily let you use our let you use our service as a public transport system. Why wouldn't it? If it could, if it could make more money from it than the, or have the two parallel, you know, Uber, Uber Express and Uber Public, <laughs> you know that kind of thing. Mm. I mean, yeah, that's the Amazon strategy, you know, of um, the last man standing mm. in the e-commerce sphere, and it's interesting. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Very good. So that's our four bits. 
nice to chat to you again. Good chatting to you. And uh, yeah, we'll catch up uh, for the next one. You betcha. You have been listening to the 4-Bits Podcast with Steve Baker and Kirby Simon. Simon Kirby.